my podcast is going to be much shorter than y'all's. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize that we like hey, to talk. You might get more listeners if you do that. So that's probably how it's going to Hello, it is Thursday, July 30th, and unfortunately, my birthday month is just about to come to an end. Thanks to the zero of you who have wished me happy birthday month over the past three weeks. 33 is the worst year ever. But today, I'm going to forget about all of that and try to make episode 37 the best one ever. We are, of course, the real bros of Holly Springs. I'm Brandon Rhodes, joined by Joey Will, the hot fudge to my Sunday and the refreshing summer dessert that is our podcast for you. Hot fudge to your Sunday. I don't know if I, I like the way that came out of your mouth, but I, I, I'm okay with it. I'm all right. That, that's a good dessert. It's not my favorite dessert. It's not our favorite dessert, um, but I guess you can only talk about cheesecakes so much. So I will be the hot fudge to your Sunday any day of the week. Yeah, there's only so many combinations out there. If I'm burning through one every episode, eventually we got to <laughs> you know, get down to some other ones. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you know people haven't been saying at least happy belated birthday. They've had all month to get it out of their mouths and they can't say happy birthday to you once. That's unbelievable. I'm going to go ahead and say it for all those people that forgot. Happy birthday month once again before we get to the end of this week. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I have not heard that in a while. Uh, just as a note for our listeners, we are taping this on Wednesday before I make my six plus hour drive up to Delaware later today. Uh, so if any big breaking news in the uh, Holly Springs podcast world happens tonight. It will not be uh, reflected on the episode you are hearing right now. Uh, as a reminder, you can get all of our content on Instagram and Twitter at marketing underscore HSHS. And please reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, or via email with any questions or ideas you have for us. Before we get started, one thing I did want to say is yesterday, got something in the mail, the first ever perk that we've gotten for being podcast hosts uh, special special shout out to our former guest, uh, Matt Ackerman, for sending us uh, the Sonic shirts. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, my, my parents had swung by for something and we were talking. I was in, you know, taking a shower and I came out and they're like, hey, this came in for you. And I, I looked at the package and I'm like, okay, who sent this? Where'd this come from? And like, it, it almost didn't even have my address on it. So I was like a little concerned that it was supposed to be sent to somebody else. And then I saw that it was from Matt and I was like, yes. And I, I opened it. I was like, dude, we're going to get some like Matt Ackerman freaking, you know, personalized Jersey with like a signature that I can wear. And, you know, to my dismay, it was just a Sonic shirt, but I am so happy that Matt was willing to hook us up with something. And hopefully we can maybe have a podcast guest, you know, in the future that, you know, is as famous as he is. Yeah, uh, I'm thrilled. I think they're the, the Rocket League Season 10, I believe that starts very soon. So good luck to Matt. Good luck to the Sonics, uh, the official Rocket League team of the Real Bros of Hot Springs podcast. In other news, <laughs> which is perhaps as active as playing video games, um, our draft for Monday, as it turns out, just because you work out all the time are in good shape doesn't mean you know what workouts the masses love. I absolutely worked you out in our draft on Monday, 73% to 27%. I guess interval running just isn't as cool as it used to be. Uh, just, I, I, I'm lost for words at how we can do a draft 
about working out that went in two completely different directions. Like we've done some drafts where, you know, fast food, like I've picked some really dumb fast food restaurants, but at least they were all fast food restaurants and they made sense. This one, like I still can't wrap my head around how walking the dog, dancing at a wedding, playing basketball, and I don't even know what the last, I forgot what the last one was, but how, oh, tennis, how all those things got grouped together and they're the best form of working out. I, I don't get it because how many of our listeners actually play tennis? Probably uh, not a lot. Maybe some. Maybe some. Probably not a lot. How many of our listeners actually have been to weddings and have danced as much as you have to hurt their calves the next day? Oh, I mean, maybe none of them have, but now that they're aware that that's an option to dance like that, I think more of them will be doing so. Like two of your four options, I just do not agree with. Now I will give you the, the walking the dog because that's a good workout, but how many of these kids are lazy and sit on their couch and don't walk their dogs? Probably a lot of them. So now I'm, I'm pissed. I'm upset. Like, come on. Most of you at least like maybe run once in your lifetime. Unbelievable. I still can't wrap my head around it. I can't do it. I can't wrap my head around this loss. Honestly, I think many of the adults that are listening certainly were never lucky enough to have someone like Coach Henry as their, uh, as their running coach. So, you know, it's maybe just had bad experiences and then didn't have uh, – don't love running like how you guys do. Uh, you know what? Next time, if we ever redo a, a draft segment like this, you know, I'm just going to say, like, playing video games because that's exercising your hands or clicking the, the remote to your TV. Like I'm just going to go way simple with it and maybe I'll be able to redeem myself. Maybe. Um, but coming up next, we're going to shift gears. Hopefully you're going to be a little less angry when our guest comes on. Uh, a guest from my social studies department, the artist formerly known as Miss North, Megan Hogan, after a word from our sponsor. As we have learned while doing this podcast, Rhodes and I are not great at spelling. However, just because we're bad at spelling doesn't mean that a new product can't put a spell on us. And our newest sponsor, the Rocketbook Everlast Reusable Smart Notebook, is outstanding. I was skeptical at first when they sent us each one when they agreed to come on as a sponsor. I don't usually spend a lot of time writing down my thoughts and feelings. But dear diary, this is now my newest favorite thing in the world. It's the only journal you'll ever need again. It's only 36 pages, but your thoughts, hopes, and dreams can be easily exported to Google Drive or other digital platforms to be kept safe forever. Just wipe the pages down with a damp cloth and you have another set of blank pages to fill with your deepest secrets and desires. I'll never be writing in another journal again. The Rocketbook Everlast Reusable Smart Notebook. Buy now for only $27 on Amazon. We are very excited to have on the podcast today the teacher whose class, one of our past guests, Miss Broom, said she most want to sit in on. She's been at Holly Springs now for, I think, two and a half total years. A great teacher who maybe we, looking at you, Will, uh, should try to learn a few things from, and that is Miss Megan Hogan, formerly known as Miss North, got married uh, recently, so you guys might know her as Miss North, uh, but thank you and welcome to the podcast. Woo thank you for having me. I, I don't know how I feel about that hint, hint there, Rhodes, but I'm looking forward to uh, our special guest coming on today. The hint is for me as much as it is for you. I actually do want to say like two years ago or two school years ago, I was in a PLT with her and uh, 
honestly, like being the same PLT as, as you made me, made me work a little harder and try to up my game. Cause you do oh, stuff. So I was like, Oh God, I can't, I can't, you know, just try to run out the same thing as last semester. I gotta try to, gotta try to you know, do some new stuff and not necessarily compete with you. But I think that just even being the same PLT with you actually made me, you know, a, a better teacher. And I want to say that's not something I said to McConnell when we had him on. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. That is very true. <laughs> So, so as Rhodes mentioned in the introduction, Ms. Broom, we had her on uh, last week, and she raved about your energy level um, in the classroom. So can you just kind of talk us through how you bring it every day? Because I know for a fact that me and Rhodes probably don't bring this, the same energy every single day. Uh, so we probably do need some hints on that. Um, honestly, I am excited to get out of bed in the morning. Uh, I am a morning person, so when the kids come in, I am just excited to see them. I try and hold myself back until 725. So I think that just is part of my personality, <laughs> like getting up and being excited in the morning. Uh, I tell my husband, as long as I brush my teeth, I'm good to go for the day. Um, so <laughs> it doesn't matter what time the day starts. Um, but I think like a lot of kids come in uh, to history classes seeing like, oh, history is the boring subject in the movies or like they hear about, about older kids like telling them that history is boring which is not true so i always try and be like super energetic um to prove to them that it's not true that it's not the most boring class unless you want it to be the most boring class almost um but i'm just super playful i have a stack of hats and props in my closet and we act out historical things and uh, i'm really visual so i just kind of let my personality into the classroom really easily um, so I don't know if there's like things you can take out of that, but, uh, just, you could act more like me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think me and Rhodes have some, some fun, per I, at least I think we're fun people. Maybe other people would say we're not that fun, but I think we have the personality part back. I think it's just like, you know, bringing it into the classroom and finding ways to integrate that into, you know, day-to-day -day instruction. So I think that's the, the one thing that I could probably do a lot better at. Yeah. I always tell the kids. Like, uh, one, I'm probably your favorite teacher. I just kind of tell them that and they laugh and they think it's funny at the beginning. They think I'm weird at the beginning, honestly, but by the end they're like, okay, she's, she's like real. She's cool. She lets us play around kind of thing. Um, but I often tell my ninth graders on the very first day, I said, don't worry, I'll be your favorite teacher. It's fine. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it, <laughs> but I think just like being real with them. But also, like, I'm not an easy teacher. I'm not going to let them get away with, uh, with, yeah. with giving junk. So uh, I think they, they appreciate that as well. Like, they know that I can be fun, but I'm going to expect them to work hard. So, yeah. Okay. So, so you incept them early with the idea that, that you're going to be their favorite. So I kind of go the other way. I go, I go the self-deprecating way and say, you know, I'm probably the worst teacher you ever had, but we'll try to make do with it. So that's, no, don't, don't do that. No, no, you tell them on day one, I'm okay. hilarious, and I am going to be your favorite teacher. <laughs> well, when I'm the only one that laughs my own jokes day one, they already know the hilarious part's not true, so I'll, I'll <laughs> see what I can do with the other part, though. I mean, um, I, will, I will toot my own do -do when nobody laughs. I'm like, guys, that was funny. Come on, loosen up a little bit. Ninth graders are always scared to laugh on the first couple, like, first couple of weeks. They're, like, scared of their teachers, so, yeah, I definitely tell them that I'm hilarious. Yeah, that's true. And, and certainly I know my students know that I think I'm hilarious. I think that's, yeah. the, that's the important part. 
so a few days ago, you sent out a very well curated host of resources to like assist with online learning. Uh, unlike me, who had all of my seniors just completely checked out and I had maybe one and a half kids do any work the last two months of school, <laughs> you actually have like some experience teaching online from the spring. So like how, how did that go for you and what did you find kind of that worked and might maybe that didn't work uh, as you tried distance learning? Um, so I had more than one and a half kids, but uh, by the very, very last week, I think I had like 10 out of 100. So not too far off. Um, but I think that the what uh, Mr. Rhodes is talking about is I sent out to the staff um, like a bunch of research articles. I'm in grad school and this summer session um, I was researching uh, using writing as a tool for learning. Um, so I kind of found some additional articles in math and science and I even found one for large group writing and I was like, oh, good PE. Here we go. <laughs> this is my PE article. Um, but I think that some things that went really well were kids having the flexibility to do work when they had the opportunity to do. Because I know a lot of kids were uh, taking care of their younger siblings and helping them with their work. Um, but I think the thing that didn't go so well was uh, when the state said that there's no grades. Um, I think that uh, we want children to want to learn. We want students to want to learn. But when you take away that piece, uh, it's hard to motivate yourself. Uh, even, I mean, I was in school and teaching at the same time when we all kind of went into quarantine, but I even had a hard time uh, doing my own grad school work because the, because NC State had told me you could just take a pass fail. I'm like, well, I'm already at a pass, so why do I have to do this? So even as adults, when there's no end reward, it's hard for us to want to do work. And then we're expecting high schoolers to want to do work when there's no end reward. So I'm, I'm glad that the county has and the state has made the decision to do normal grades and to do normal rewards. Because uh, I think that was our probably biggest stumbling block. Not that the kids can't do the work. They just, they weren't going to get anything out of it. And I totally get it. So to, to, to follow that up, is there anything this summer that, you know, you've decided to do or you've thought about doing a little bit differently with remote learning now that they've decided to, you know, implement some sort of attendance? I don't know how that's going to work, but, you know, us being able to do grades, has that like changed your mindset about how you're going to teach this fall? Um, so I think what I'm going to end up doing is um, doing a daily participation grade and you doing all of your work gets you 100. So you should have a pretty solid base uh, if you do it all, right? If you turn in a blank Google Doc, you did not get, did not do all of your work, you know, but you doing it gets you a solid base. Um, I also think that's how I'm going to do attendance. If you did not do all of your lessons, it's like you skipped my part of my class. So you won't like, unless someone tells me differently, that's how attendance will be run. Um, because you, you went to the bathroom for an hour, you know, I don't know where you were. You didn't do all of your work. Uh, so I'm hoping that we get a little bit more guidance as a school from how they're going to do attendance. But uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at is participation is a base grade every day. But uh, with writing to learn, I'm looking forward to having the opportunity just to really have kids write in a lot of different ways. Just a general response of what's going on. How am I doing learning? Is history boring? Is history fun? It doesn't have to be a argumentative essay every single time. Um, but I think it's going to be also difficult being all in per or all online that I can't just sit there and read a few lines of your essay and say, you know, you need to change this. And like those quick, uh, yeah. 
changes for writing, I think will be difficult, but I'm looking forward to like getting back into it and just seeing what's going to happen. Um, I think with ninth graders, they're kind of nervous about high school. So I'm hoping that that will just kind of go over and they'll do hard work for me. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and thank you for the ideas. You know, that's why we had you on to, to give us some ideas for the fall. So we appreciate this. Um, obviously we don't really know yet what's going to happen this fall. We kind of mentioned that we're going to start at least for a little while online. What's your current comfort level when it would come to like coming back to the building? Like, do you, would you feel comfortable being in the classroom, you know, in early mid September? Uh, what are you kind of hoping the format for the fall ends up being? So I'm really hoping that they don't tell teachers that you can't come in the building at all and do remote learning from your house. Um, I am, I love my desk. I love my little window. I can see out into the nice street and I really uh, am looking forward to going back to my room and having a different view every day. Um, so I am pretty crafty. I've made um, probably about 50 masks for me and my family and friends who need them. Um, I love to sew. I'm just hands-on while I watch TV and kind of stuff. So um, I'm not nervous about going back in the building with staff. Uh, my cautiousness more comes of uh, like having all the kids all at once and then everyone's quarantined because there was one kid. And I'm like, well, now I'm stuck at home, you know? So uh, not really cautious, like I'm gonna get sick or that I'm, I'm not gonna take care of myself, but more cautious of, it's a lot of people all at once. It's a lot of high schoolers who may not remember to wash their hands before they eat um, or just general grossness that comes with high school. <laughs> that's, that's fair. We certainly in the past have seen in the hallways, high school students, do the opposite of practicing social distancing. And that is gross to see. So that's, now that that can make me diseased as well, I'm even less on board. <laughs> um, so for those that don't know, you obviously have been at the school for two different stints. Um, and after your first stint in uh, Holly Springs, you actually taught abroad in Europe for a year. Uh, so what was that experience like? Um, and just kind of talk us through that. Yeah, so, um, I taught at Holly Springs for a spring semester and then I lived in Poland for two years um, and um, I was working um, as not in a teaching sense that I was in the building every day Monday through Friday um, but I did like a, a lot of community outreach and community uh, teaching so I had a preschool class that I did on Wednesday afternoons. And then I went to a fifth and sixth grade class. And then after fifth and sixth grade were done, I did a sixth grade or a seventh grade class. Um, but it was like an after school optional thing that they could come um, and do practice enrichment. Um, on several different occasions, I went to a high school and I had high school classes. I had a senior adult group. I just kind of all over the place, kind of community um, teaching. And my teaching focus was English conversation. So sometimes the kids would bring me their English homework and they're like, what is the past participle verb something something? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but if you can tell me the sentence, I'll tell you what goes there. Yeah. Um, and it really like opened my eyes to the fact that we know the rules of English in our heads, but we don't know why they are the rules. Um, but kids who are learning other languages, part of the reason why it's so tough is you don't know the rules intuitively. So you have to learn the names of the rules, you know, and you have to think about it. Um, but that's kind of what I was doing was teaching English conversation classes. Um, I had some, it was, 
it was a very fluid job. So I would have an English class for two months and then it would kind of die off. And then a few months later, the kids would be like, Hey, we want you to come back. So it was really, really fluid. I was always changing schedules. Um, the middle school classes I had every week for two years. Um, so I really got to know them really well. And we just played a lot of games. We talked about American holidays. My favorite question they ever asked me was, are American school buses real? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, are they yellow? I'm like, yes. Uh, because in a lot of other countries, they have really good public transportation systems. So like my kids would ride the train and then walk to school. Um, or they would take the city bus. So there's no need for a public school or for a school bus because there's just normal buses. Um, but yeah, it was not teaching in the sense that I was in the school every day, but uh, just a lot of different groups and a lot of, a lot of fun. That's a big age range from like preschool to adults. Like which, which group did you enjoy teaching the most? Was it kind of like the, the high school age students or was that? Um, yeah, so I think I liked my middle schoolers the best because I got to know them the best. Um, like I had memorized their names by that point and I could say them all correctly and, um, they were really, really consistent. Um, probably my funnest class, um, is when I had, I did it for about six months. I had my preschool class and they just want me to come and talk and speak English to them. And they're chatting in Polish so fast. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> um, my Polish level probably by the end of the time was about a two-year-old when listening but not when i was speaking <laughs> um so two-year-olds know when you tell them do not do that you know or come here quickly but they can't articulate and that was probably about me <laughs> i understood i could order at a restaurant i kind of know what we're talking about when i would like go to church or something but as far as me speaking was like non-existent so the kid the preschoolers they're like four and five and they're <laughs> And I would ask them, can you say that slowly? And then I would say it again in Polish. And they would go, because they have no concept of what is speaking slow, you know. But they were the most fun because we just danced around. And I worked at a preschool in college. So I really love little kids. Um, but yeah, they loved animals and colors and learning all the, learning all the English colors, purple. They always said purple or penguin. When they would say penguin, penguin, I'm like, yes, penguin. So they're the most fun. So how did that experience like shape? I don't, I don't know if it, you know, took your teaching in a different direction at all, but did it help shape or did it help change the way like you approach, you know, teaching high school students today? Um, it definitely gave me a different perspective of uh, like a teacher's job. Because I think in America, the teacher's job is to make sure that all children learn. Like if they don't want to learn, it's still your job to make them learn, right? But in other cultures, that's not the teacher's job at all. The teacher's job is to teach the kids who, are, who want to learn. Um, so I would sit in on normal classes at the beginning just to kind of see the culture of what school looks like. And there's kids in the back on their phone and the teacher literally did not care. She was like, they do not want to learn. They will not pass their exams. That is not my fault. And I was like, wow. What a culture shift from like the American perspective. Um, so when I got back, obviously I wasn't like, I don't care what you do. Um, but it really was a culture shift that I could talk to the kids about of like, you are doing this because you think that it's not important, but I'm trying to impress upon you that it is important. And at some point you will be held accountable. 
I will not be there all the time to make you learn, you know, and having, being able to have those heart to hearts with uh, students who were hesitant to learn actually worked out pretty well. Um, I did yell at Peyton Sowers one time in Polish accidentally. <laughs> um, he was being really annoying. Peyton, I hope you are listening to this. And I told him to sit down and shut up in Polish, but it just came out. And I was like, he said, what did you say? I said, I said, you should do your work. <laughs> um, Knowing Peyton, like how I do, I'm going to say that's a hundred percent your fault and there's nothing <laughs> to, to, to cause that to happen. So that's, that, that's my read in the situation. Yeah. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't back up Peyton on this one. I, I I'm pretty sure you, he deserved all the Polish uh, sentences you would have thrown his way. I cannot believe you're slandering future Wimbledon winner Peyton Sowers like that. <laughs> well, yeah. now I kind of want to, I, I kind of want to know this, this saying. So that way, if I need to yell at kids, I can just do it in Polish. Okay. So Shadai, that's like S-H-A-D-A-I. That's not how you spell it, but that's kind of how you pronounce it. Shadai is sit down, like right now, immediately. And then Suhai is shut up <laughs> and listen. Um, so like, when I came back from Poland, I found myself um, like responding to questions in Polish or asking like, what, what did you say? Like, so um, even sometimes I'll be like looking for my phone and I'll say like, where's my phone in Polish kind of talking to myself. Uh, so that's kind of fun. It just kind of comes out, but it came out a lot more often uh, when I first got back because that's just how I was used to talking to strangers and how I was used to even like my English speaking friends, we were practicing Polish with each other. So it was like week two or three and Peyton was just all up in my space and it just came out, sit down and shut up. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. But it worked fine. We're good. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a good one once you, uh, once you get on that same level with them and just kind of have that honest heart to heart. I, I think he's, he's manageable, so. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Peyton came and saw me uh, almost every day in the fall semester, he would be like, I needed to take a break, Miss North. <laughs> and he would just come in my room and talk to me for about five minutes. I'm like, go back to biology. Get out of here. Oh, so, okay. So he did, I was going to ask that was during fourth period, but I guess that was just my class he came to during fourth period. So I'm glad he had a different teacher to visit every class period. Uh, so that's... He came to me during uh, um, Smith's class, Smith's Perfect. biology class. And I one time talked to her. I said, do you know Peyton Towers comes to talk, comes to talk to me every day? She says, yes, I send him out of the room. You need to do <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've done enough uh, throwing a Peyton under the real life Sorry. American yellow school buses <laughs> that exist. Uh, but so you mentioned that you kind of worked with, uh, you know, daycare students in college also, or what, when did you know that you wanted to become a teacher? Um, I actually knew that I wanted to be a high school history teacher when I was in eighth grade. So I wasn't even in high school, but I knew I wanted to be a history teacher and I knew high school had to be better than middle school. So I was choosing a high school. Um, yeah, my middle school experience was not fun. And I had determined that it was going to be better in high school. So I made it better in high school. But yeah, like uh, my mom's a teacher. A lot of my family members are teachers. Um, so it's always been something that I wanted to do. But I remember like telling my eighth grade teacher that I wanted to be a high school history teacher. He was like, you're not in high school. I said, yeah, but it's, it's probably going to be better than this. Um, so yeah, pretty early on, um, my mom would like helped me dress up, you know, like uh, career day in elementary school. She gave me her badge. It says Miss North. I was like, oh my gosh, it's real, you know? So 
we got we got one more school related question for you. Uh, so what you so you've been at Holly Springs, you know, two, two different times now. What do you like best about the school? And then also, if you were put in charge of Holly Springs tomorrow, we can pretend you just ignore all existing Wake County rules. Like, what's like what would be your day one change at, at school? Um, what I like most about Holly Springs is the community of teachers. Um, I'm really happy, like, to have friends and to be able to go and uh, always talk to people and ask their opinion on school things and non-school things. And um, it's just a really good, like, staff group. Um, so I think that was what uh, was really drew me back in. Um, after teaching for the first semester, you kind of have, like, this uh, honeymoon period, like, I love teaching. Everything is fine, you know. So when I was coming back, I tried to think about like, what are the things I actually liked and what are the things I did not like? Because I was wondering like, should I try and come back to Holly Springs? Should I look somewhere else? Um, but I really couldn't find all that many things that were uh, like staff related that were like problems um, that I that would push me away from Holly Springs. So that's kind of why I ended up coming back. I was like, kids will change, policies will change, but culture is not going to be easy to change. So um, that's kind of why I came back. Um, but I think if I was in charge tomorrow, um, we would not throw away the pizza in the cafeteria every day. We would give it to a homeless shelter or something. We would not be throwing away food because that just makes me so frustrated <laughs> that we throw away the food every day. Um, I know that's probably not the answer that you wanted, but that is my first decision as principal. I had no idea that was a thing that we did. How did you find out that's what happened with it? Because one day I did not have lunch and I missed lunch, but I had third period planning. So I ran down at like 10 minutes into planning and they were cleaning up and they were literally throwing full pizzas away. And I was like, can I still buy some of that? She was like, it's fine. You can just have it. And she gave me a two pieces or whatever. Technically lunch was over. So she couldn't sell it to me. But I said, do we not take the, like any extra food to a, food shelter or whatever she's like no we literally can't even take it home like we have to throw it away I'm like that is so horrible <laughs> so that would be my first rule hear ye hear ye that was a the different direction but I think that's a great direction I think that's a an easy guideline change that we could make that benefits people it doesn't even like hurt other people's feelings yeah on the fly you got to make a decision that's that's decision one so we're going to go away from the you know education questions those are the tough ones to get through so we're gonna go to some more general ones hopefully these are a little bit more entertaining more fun um, so obviously we've been stuck inside a lot more lately um, besides for outworking us as teachers what else have you been doing to keep yourself busy and sane um so i've been doing a lot of homework because i'm in grad school um, but I like to go on walks. I walk around Lake Johnson like three times a week uh, with my friend who just had a baby. Um, I'm very crafty. Like I said earlier, I've been making masks for my friends and family. Um, me and my husband finally finished Lost. I know you guys talked about Lost a few weeks ago, um, but we had been watching it literally since we started dating and we finally finished in like May. Uh, so I was like, nice. we made it. Um, do, you, but, do you agree with my assessment that seasons four and five are kind of like, eh, you kind of, it's very confusing. It's yeah. his favorite show of all time. So I was like, I'm going to watch this. I liked it. It's very confusing. The end of every episode. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> um, 
I, I, what Rhodes said was like, you have to watch them. You can't skip four and five because you will not know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the end of it, I was like, okay. I mean, that's not off par from most of these episodes. So if that's the way it was, that's the way it was. Um, but his friends have this big, you either love it or you hate it. So I kind of play both. So they get mad at each other. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoyed the journey. I did enjoy the journey. Yes. Okay. Um, so, oh, so at NC State, are you in the, the MAT, like the MAT program there, like the Sources, MAT Social Studies program, or are you doing something? Um, it's actually called New Literacies in Global Learning. So uh, the MAT program, uh, you have to do a thesis and you have to do research um, and like collect data from students and stuff. Um, but the program that I'm in is like a social studies technology degree. Um, and so you don't have to do research. It's just like a, a big presentation, almost like a, like I have to get up in front of people and like defend um, a presentation, but it's not a research-based presentation. Okay. The program did not involve uh, research like that when I was in it. So that's, I'm glad that they, it didn't, that did not exist eight years ago. Otherwise that would have been much more difficult for me. Uh, so that, that, that's good. Um, so one of our segments occasionally is a cooking corner segment. You, you haven't mentioned, uh, you know, any, you know, big feats in the kitchen, but is there something that you've been like working on or perfected over the course of the last few months at home? Um, I do love to cook. I love mostly to cook for other people and to like see their faces. I'm like, Ooh, good. I'm glad you like that. You know, um, last night though, I made our new favorite and that is Italian chicken. Um, and it's in the crock pot, so it's real easy. And it's got cream cheese and Italian dressing in it. And it is just fabulous over rice with some vegetables. I might eat it right after we're done with this as a leftover. <laughs> um, but I like to bake and um, make people happy. Um, I don't know if I've ever made it that far uh, down the hallway with my baked goods, but Herrick always takes cookies. Whenever I bring cookies or baked goods, I always have to save one for him because he, he will get mad if I don't give him one. Uh, so I don't yeah. know. I'm just talking at this point. <laughs> He's got a fourth sense for, uh, for free food somewhere in the school. So that's fair. And, and keeping on the, the topic of kind of our podcast segments, if you were going to start a podcast, what would your podcast be about and who would your co-host be? Oh my gosh. Um, this is a harder question than even the principal question. <laughs> my podcast will be about I don't know my podcast is going to be much shorter than y'all's <laughs> we apologize that we like hey, to talk you might get more listeners if you do that so that's probably not <laughs> a terrible idea. Uh, but it's going to be about um animal crossing and newbies to to any video games of all of all sorts. I have never played a video game in my life. And now I, uh, not recently, but um, probably in the last four months, I have played Animal Crossing more than I want to admit on this podcast that will be recorded <laughs> for all of eternity. Um, but it will be about Animal Crossing and new to video game Animal Crossing players. Um, and I will share all the simple tips and tricks that I learn that my husband's like, yeah. That's been a thing. I'm like, that's a thing. Uh, that will be the topic. And my friend Anna will be the co-host because she is a video gamer who also loves Animal Crossing. And she will be the voice of, uh, I'll be the, the newbie voice and she'll be the more experienced voice. 
that sounds like a great duo then. That's, you guys have a nice balance there. Uh, so, so last question. Uh, much like me, you are a relatively recent newlywed. What's some sage marriage advice you can pass along to all of our listeners? Um, so me and my husband, Sean, got married literally the day before lockdown. Um, we ended school on March 13th and we got married on March 15th. So um, <laughs> the governor shut down the state literally the next day. Um, so a lot of people have been saying like, oh my gosh, that's, that's so crazy. I, I don't know if I could have been stuck in the house with my husband directly after we got married for four months, five months. Um, but I think that that's our only experience. Like we didn't live together before we got married. So this is the way that it's, this is the only thing we have to compare it to. So I think actually when we go back to school, it'd be more difficult because we won't see each other all the time. We'll have less communication time. But I think that communication is key to anyone who is wanting to be married at any point in their life or getting married soon. We have had our fair share of, well, this is not what I meant. Well, that's what I heard it as, you know, or that's how I felt it when you said it. Uh, so I think just we're very good at communicating and stopping and not letting things kind of grow and get under our skin. Um, so I don't know if that's just because we have to, because we've been locked in the house for four months together. Uh, we better be good at communication. Mm -hmm. um, or if that's just our, both our personality styles, but that has really been something uh, that we have grown into and like come to love about each other is just, okay, hold on. When you said it like that, I know that that's not how you meant it, but you know, uh, but stopping each other and yeah, communication. That's, that's good advice. And surprisingly, you know, perhaps better relationship advice than we've gotten from some of the 18 year olds in the podcast. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Rhodes, what would your, what would your one piece of advice be? Oh, I was not prepared to answer this question. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't, I obviously can't answer this question. So I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, like, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Do the opposite of right now. I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. I guess just try to be, try to be supportive, try to be there for the other person. Uh, you know, it's a lot of like, you know, being married, it's like, it's a, it's a long-term, it's a long-term long game. Like not, not every day is going to be amazing or perfect, but it's like the other person knows that you're there for them and you love them and you care for them. Like that's, you'll be all right if you can do that. Like as, as long as they know that you, that you value them and love them. I think that's the, the most important thing. For, for a second there, I thought you were going to take like an Alec Quinn take on that and just be like don't do what coach will's doing and just like throw me under the bus but i appreciate you being truthful and honest and doing you know something nicer than than what she would have said yeah, <laughs> i i would have just preferred said don't do what i do that's okay know. okay uh, no nah, I, I would have turned you under the bus like that but all right so enough uh enough serious talk now uh we are going to move up coming up next to our game which is gonna be a little game of who am i Okay, we're going to play a little game of Who Am I? I will use famous people. It could be historical figures, people from the world of sports and entertainment, perhaps even an author. Uh, and I will give you three clues. If you guess correctly after the first clue, you get three points, two points after the second clue, and one point after the third clue. If you do not know your person, your opponent will get a chance to steal for one point if you can't guess correctly ever. We will let our guest go first. So your first person. 
I was in a string of bad romantic comedies in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Um, Adam Sandler. Whoa, I would have said great romantic romantic comedies. <laughs> uh, so, real quick, for our, for our viewer, listeners also, we're, I'm going to let them guess after each question. Uh, that, that's fine. There's no penalties for a wrong guess. Second clue. My love life with my ex-husband made me one of the most famous women on earth during that time period. Jennifer Aniston. That is correct. Jennifer Aniston, two points. That's... There you go. <laughs> Uh, the third clue was I am perhaps best known for my role in the TV show Friends. So that's really not for you. All right, well, here's your first question. Okay. I participated in and was definitely known as the loser of the first ever televised presidential debate. Wow. Uh, you guys are going to hate me as history people. Um, I, I don't know. Okay. Clue number two, you might as well give me initials or something. That's the only way I'm going to get this. Second clue. Despite losing the presidential election mentioned from the first clue, I later served as president and won two presidential elections. Uh, John Adams? TV, TV, Quill. John Adams is not in the first televised presidential debate. <laughs> oh, first televised. Oh, my gosh. I thought you, I just heard first debate. That's why I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this unless you give me initials because I don't know anything from the 17 or 1800s. You already guessed your second one. The third and final clue, I am the only person ever to resign the office, office of president. Oh, I know who this is. Uh, would this be uh, Nixon? It would be Richard Nixon, who participated in the first ever televised presidential debate against JFK and definitely looked much worse than the youthful and much better looking JFK. Uh, <laughs> lost that election later won twice before having to resign due to the Watergate scandal. After one round, Will is in a familiar place, trailing two to one. Uh, wow. Unbelievable. Okay. Ooh, this is a, a terrible one for Will. This is, I should have done the around, but this is the way it is. Uh, you, you're on first, second round. Yeah. Come, come on. I ruled Russia, or I was the ruler during the golden age of Russia. Alexander? No. The Great? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, dude. This is terrible. Not super far off. Second clue. I took over the country by overthrowing my husband in a coup. I believe you will. Uh, well, my my history knowledge has you know slowly gone away. You can't give me clues. You're not supposed to help me. Great, great sound uh, there. <laughs> um, well, the only other name that pops out besides Alexander to me when it comes to rulers from you know back in the day is is Catherine so I don't I don't know if there's a Catherine the Great or Tsar Catherine but Catherine something Catherine the Great is correct great pull uh the third clue was there was a, TV, a Hulu TV show which I talked about in this podcast recently released about her which was very good uh, again, perhaps not for our probably not appropriate for high schoolers. Yes, probably not something you'll be showing in world history next year. No, uh, <laughs> I'm not advising my students to watch it. But what, it was, what's the uh, what's the name of the show? Just called The Great on Hulu. Really good. Oh, okay. All right. Who's the Who's the actress that plays her in that? Uh, Elle Fanning, I think. 
Yeah. Okay. Dakota Fanning's little sister. Okay. All right. Hogan, this one is for you. You are down three to two. I own the most Grand Slam singles titles during the Open era. Well, give me some clues. I own? I'll give you the hint. I'm talking about tennis, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was right. tennis. Okay. I have 39 Grand Slam titles across singles, doubles, and mixed doubles. Serena Williams. That is correct. Woo! Serena Williams. The third clue was along with my sister, I'm the most recent person to hold all four women's slam doubles titles simultaneously. Oh, Rena Williams is correct. And you take a four to three lead. Moving on to round three, you are up again. My marriage in 1981 was viewed worldwide by 750 million people. Princess Diana. That is correct. Princess Diana, great guess. Thank you. The other clues, unfortunately and very publicly, my marriage fell apart and I was divorced in the mid-90s a year before my death. And then the third clue was, my son will one day be the king of England. <laughs> Possibly, if his dad ever dies. Uh, and grandmother. He's never going to die. And grandmother. Honestly, Elizabeth might outlive us all. Uh, <laughs> all right, Will, your third clue. I'm the most famous basketball player ever from my state, even though I ended up transferring from the large state university in my state to a smaller one. I am the most, say that one more time. I'm the most famous basketball player ever from my very famous for basketball state, even though I ended up transferring from the large state university in my state to a smaller school. Large state university to a smaller school. Uh, go to the second clue. I won three NBA championships during the 1980s and was on the dream team. 1980s. Oh gosh, that's freaking Larry Bird. Larry Bird, Indiana State. Larry Bird is correct. Started off, couldn't cut it at Indiana. Left after a few weeks to go to Indiana State. Uh, the third clue is he lost famously to Magic Johnson in the 1979 NCAA title game. Yeah, I'm uh, I, I thought you were like trying to be cute and do something like North Carolina related. And I was just like, what is going on? Because Michael Jordan obviously is North Carolina. And I was like, he did not transfer. So I was just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I oftentimes am trying to be cute. This is not one of those instances. Uh, all right. After three rounds, Hogan is up seven to five. Uh, Will, you are starting off round four. At the age of 12, I recorded the first of my many number one hits with a song I recorded with some of my siblings. That would be Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5. That is correct. Other clues, I later broke off to become a solo artist in one of my music videos for my classic 1982 album as possibly the most famous music video of all time. Oh, yeah, Thriller. Yeah. Thriller. Uh, I just did a thriller dance for those of you that were not watching that. Uh, and then the third one is I'm known as the King of Pop. That's a big three-point answer, though, Will, for you, to take the lead. And then to round four, uh, for the first time playing from behind. We'll see how she does. My 1969 memoir, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, was the first nonfiction bestseller by an African-American woman. Toni Morrison. Incorrect. Second clue. I read the poem on the Pulse of Morning at Bill Clinton's inauguration. You know when you can only think of Toni Morrison and you can't think of anything else? Um, 
I don't know. All right, this is not good. This third clue, this third clue kind of rehashed some of the stuff in the first two. Uh, I was acting the civil rights movement, and I'm basically the most famous black female poet. <laughs> it's unhelpful. That's. You're gonna tell me the answer, and I'm gonna say, "Oh my gosh, I saw her at convocation one year at Appalachian." I know, I know what her face looks like, and I cannot think of her name right now. Um, that's not good. That's not good. I don't know. Well, do you, do you know who this is? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just waiting for you to, to answer for us. The answer is Maya Angelou. Yes, Maya Angelou. Of course it is. I did see her in person at Appalachian one year. Oh, that, that makes that more brutal. <laughs> I know, because I can see her face. I'm like, what's her name? What's her name? Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I was... I was like, I thought you were going to ask me that because you said author, but now I'm like really worried about the author that you're actually going to ask me about. No, that was actually the one. So you don't have to worry about it. Okay. All right. Good. Um, all right. Well, Will is up eight to seven going into our last round. All right. Hogan, you're up first here. I am an Australian actor who tragically died young. Hmm. I know this one. Australian actor who tragically died young. Um, is is his name Heath something? Um, I don't know if he's Australian, but he died. You <laughs> know guy. what? I'm going to give that to you in the interest of in making this more exciting afterwards. Heath Ledger is correct. <laughs> I didn't know if he was Australian. Yeah. A few clues. I star in one of Rhodes' favorite movies, 10 Things I Hate About You. Literally yes. one of his favorite movies. Uh, and the last one, I won an Oscar after my death for my role in a superhero film. All right. Will, you are down by two points here going into your final question. All so right. This is, this is big. This first clue, if you get this right, this is for the win. My first professional acting job was in one of the biggest movie series of all time. My first professional acting movie series of all time? Yes. Vin Diesel. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Second question. I also, or second clue, sorry. This is for the tie. You need this to tie. I also starred in the live action Disney remake of an animated movie. Oh, this is uh, um, Emma Watson. Emma Watson is correct. The third that's, that's my girl, man. I appreciate you bringing her on to the, uh, the podcast questions. The third clue, I'm best known for playing the smartest character in the Harry Potter series. Uh, Hermione the goat. Uh, all right. We move to our tiebreaker question. So basically, this is going to be, if you know it, just shout it out. Though after each clue, you only get one guess. So if you shout it out first, after the first clue, and you're wrong. The other person gets a chance to think before we move to the second one. Gotcha. Right. First clue. I'm a musical artist who is the most searched person on Google in the United States in 2010. Most Googled 2010 hip hop artist? I'm a musical artist who is the most searched musical. person on Google in the US in 2010. Britney Spears. That is incorrect. Hogan, do you wanna to try to guess? Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus is incorrect. <laughs> All right. Again, so again, if you know it, just shout it out at this point. Second clue. 
this is somewhat ironic because I'm not even American. I'm Canadian. Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Oh my gosh. And we have a winner yeah. in the, with the tiebreaker question. Hogan wins the first podcast edition of Who Am I? Uh, unbelievable. Can you like play that back when you do the audio check? I want you to play that back and see how close that was. <laughs> I mean, it, it was very close, but, but we definitely have a, a, a winner there for sure. And I'm glad. I'm glad that wasn't a tie because I had nothing else prepared. So really, <laughs> uh, the third clue. I was hoping like that's when Brittany was like going through her mental breakdown. And uh, that might have been around the same time. Honestly, I think if you went about 10 years earlier, she might have been the most Googled, or maybe not Googled, but most searched person on Alta Vista or Ask Jeeves. Uh, <laughs> Ask Jeeves. <laughs> I'm just absolutely not a music person at all. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> well, as soon as you said Canada, it was either Justin Bieber or Drake. So, Oh, I didn't even think about Drake. That's, that would have been another great guess, too. Um, yeah, the, the third clue was I had a long on-again, off-again relationship with a former Disney Channel star before marrying someone else in 2019. Not sure if yeah. that was around, but I'm a, as, a, as a long-time Selena Gomez stand, had to include her in there somehow. Yeah. Uh, another loss. Just as, I'm just piling up the L's and anything that we do on this podcast, but congrats. Thank you. That, that was a very good, uh, very good competition for the first time we've ever done Who Am I? Um, that, was, that was very well done. Thanks for, thanks for beating Will. That's always a highlight for me on the podcast. Uh, and thanks for joining us, Dad. Uh, we appreciated all the, all the information you gave us about teaching and definitely some ideas and certainly the email, which I will dive into when I start preparing for school sometime, which I'm sure will be before August 13th, maybe. <laughs> cool. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. As I said before, I was really angry about our last draft, but hopefully today will go a lot better. Coming up next, we will add some culture to our draft by choosing countries that we would like to visit. I said, do you speak my language? He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. And he said, I come from a land, land, land. Today, in honor of our guest, International Teaching Step, we're going to draft other countries that we are excited to go to. So I'm assuming Poland is off the list because that's based off of her uh, international experience. So every other country is on the table besides Poland, or could we go with Poland as well? You could go with Poland. I'm going to say it right now. Poland was not high on my draft board. So, um, yeah. Have, have you been internationally much? I know you've mentioned before that you studied abroad in Greece. Have you made any other international trips besides that? Uh, besides Greece, uh, the only country – uh, that I've traveled to, well, I went to England and Ireland, mostly England. It wasn't really a, a much of an Ireland stop, but England for nine days uh, with some soccer players a few years ago. And I've been to Canada as well when we went for a few games of the Women's World Cup, I think 2015. So Canada, uh, England, Ireland, and Greece are the, the three that I've been to. I've also been to the Dominican Republic, but it was for an um, all-inclusive resort stay so i didn't really get to see mo like much of the dominican so i don't really count that how about you so i've been to mexico but only cancun and tijuana so not actually real mexico uh briefly in canada that's a story i might tell at some point in the podcast uh when i was in college my dad took me and my sister to england france and scotland i uh, went to israel uh with the birthright trip kind of a free trip to israel that all young jewish kids can go on which was pretty cool when i was in college 
Uh, went to France and Italy for a wedding a couple years ago. Uh, and then Claire and I went to Norway and Iceland on our honeymoon. And I will say, even though I've been to some of those places, uh, some of those countries might pop up on my draft board uh, again as places that I might want to go back to. But all right, even after my dominating one last time, Will, you have the first pick today. What country are you most excited to go to? Uh, this is a tough one because I, I kind of, based off where your, your experiences have taken you, I'm concerned that you might pick one of the, the places that's on top of my draft board. Uh, so I'm kind of debating which way I want to, to go with my first pick. But um, uh, the, the place that I want to travel to the most is, I think, the country that is mostly the closest to the, the east coast of the, the states. Um, I've heard that it's got really good uh, scenery. It's got really cool um, places to visit in terms of the different towns. And I, I kind of want to just explore this area. Obviously not when it's as cold as it can be, um, or maybe a little bit warmer, but I'm going to go with Iceland. Yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, you know, Claire and I spent basically 24 hours there uh, on the way back. It's kind of like a, it's on the way back from Norway. So we figured it'd be fun to stop by there and absolutely loved it. It's definitely a place that I want to go back to for longer at some point. Uh, we went in was it like mid July? So it was pretty warm, but it, it was great. It was super pretty. It's unlike really scenery, unlike anywhere I've seen. And we kind of just drove around some and went to the blue lagoon, which was really cool. Uh, that's a, that's a great first pick. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Let's see how the rest of this draft goes. All right. For me, this is kind of the country that I just right now is atop the board of countries that I've, I've never been to before and really want to go to. Um, I do know the language, uh, un poquito. So we're going to throw that out there. And that country that I want to go to is Spain. That was not the pick that I was thinking. That is definitely somewhere I want to go, uh, especially because Europe. So you go to so many, you can go to so many countries when you go over there. So like Spain would be something that I would want to add to pay like potentially another trip and kind of do Spain and somewhere else. But Spain's a solid choice. So honestly, what I'd love to do is do like Spain and Portugal together. Yes. I can't pick like pairs of countries. And if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Spain. I've heard like the you know, Portuguese coast is apparently great. Uh, but it's like, that's kind of the, the region I want to most visit. Okay. What's your, oh, what's I have another thing I feel like about that. Um, all right. So this is actually a place that I've already been to, but I want to go back so badly. Like there's so many other places here I want to go to. Uh, just the best food you'll ever like. There's not, it's not possible to go on a vacation and eat better food. Uh, I've again only experienced a small part of this country and I just, I just really want to go back super badly and that's Italy. Ah, that was going to be my next pick. Oh, you bastard. I'm sorry. I, I feel like that's an appropriate word that we can maybe use on the podcast as long as we don't call students that. Um, yeah. I, I, dude, Italy, I'm so bummed about this whole COVID 19 thing because originally uh you know our soccer team we we did the england irish ireland trip uh previously so our next trip was going to be italy and not a lot of i don't think any guys players really signed up for it but we had a, a pretty solid group of girls uh players that were going to sign up and we were going to go um i think we were going to make it to florence rome um and i think there was one more place that we were going to stop but uh like and venice venice was the other one it's like, dude, it was such a great trip. It was a decent price for us, and it got all wrecked because of COVID. And, like, that's definitely a place that I want to travel to someday. Is, it, is there any hints or, you know, things that we should go see or what makes Italy worth visiting? So 
when we were there, we uh, took a train and first went to Como, like right next to like Lake Como. And that was just like so pretty. Um, there's definitely some towns like around there I'd, I'd love to like spend some more time in. Uh, honestly, I, I would love to go to Italy for like a, 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 a decent chunk of time. Uh, there's like another kind of couple places that are just like super pretty, like on the water, like, like kind of like when I picture like European towns, like a, a town like on the hill, like going into water, that's just like, to me, that's just like, I just love like looking at that. It's just here I can like look at it all day. I love how like walkable stuff is. I just like walking the streets. It's just, I enjoy it so much. I uh, we spent some time in Florence too. Uh, and that was, again, just so much fun just walking around. Uh, it's one of the most fun things we've done is like we got a, a bottle of grape juice and uh, headed up to the steps to watch like a super pretty sunset. Uh, and that was just like, that's one of my, one of my best memories of doing that. That was just, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, so those are, those are two things we've done. Uh, we didn't really spend a whole lot of time there. It's just, I think like five days total, but I would just love to go back for a longer period of time. Yeah, I, I definitely, that's, we were talking about Spain and Portugal for, for you. Like Italy is the, the place that I want to go to in that region more than anything. Um, but, uh, my, my next two picks now, this is, this is frustrating for me because we're not allowed to group, uh, places together. And I think that's going to take away a little bit from my pick because I don't want to pick these two countries as my next two picks. I wish I could get them together. Um, but we talked about traveling, you know, to the east. And now I'm talking about going to a different ocean. And this is a place where, um, you know, after watching Lord of the Rings and just seeing the, the different scenic places throughout that movie and knowing that this is where they shot the movie in its entirety. I've been just absolutely infatuated with this country and that's New Zealand. So New Zealand's going to be my next pick. Obviously if I went on this trip, I would do New Zealand and Australia, but because we can't group those together, I'm going to pick New Zealand over Australia. So I don't know what your thoughts are about one versus the other. Well, as you know, as a huge footy fan now, Australia has to be any footy fans bucket list as the one country they play. It. I honestly don't really know a whole lot about New Zealand. I know it's very pretty. Um, I know when we was like driving around uh, like Norway, just like seeing a lot of like the just, I just love just like walk, seeing the sights in, in Norway and Iceland and stuff. I think that the one place that's kind of comparable to is New Zealand. So if it was, if New Zealand's anything like those places, I'm sure it's beautiful and it would be awesome to see. Yeah, I feel like I would go to New Zealand for the, the aesthetics and just like the outdoor stuff. And then I would want to go to Australia and go to Sydney and then go like the Great Barrier Reef. Like, I feel like that's the one place that you have to like visit when you're in Australia. But um, definitely want to do the, the combo trip. But New Zealand is definitely the, the place I want to go to the most. And then for my next pick, um, this is really tough for me because I want to go somewhere in Southeast Asia. And that's, that's something that like I'm a huge just fan of when you see the different shows that, you know, about the, the culture there, the different food there, um, just the, all the, all the things that go into that, that entire area. I wish I could go to like five different countries there. Um, but I'm going to pick Singapore as my next country because I think that's the most like updated city there and country and i think that's the like the the wealthiest area so i think that would be like the most safe to go to i don't even know if it's the most safe but i just feel like singapore would be the like the first place i'd want to go to and then you've got malaysia you've got laos you've got vietnam there's so many areas around there that i want to travel to but singapore is definitely um on top of my list in southeast asia 
Okay. Uh, I'm not the geography expert. I had to double check to make sure Singapore was a country. Uh, but yes, it is a sovereign city state. So you're, you're good to go with that. Um, Southeast Asia, honestly, a lot of Asia is not, uh, was not my draft list. Uh, we can maybe do this another time of countries I would not want to go to, but I think like India is number one on that list of places I don't want to go. Uh, uh, probably there, there as well. But yes. uh, that's just not necessarily the reason that I am most excited to go to. And for my next pick, do you know what? I'm going to piggyback off your pick. Uh, this is even like a couple months ago. This is not a place I thought I really wanted to go, but after falling in love with more aspects of Australian culture, the more I learned about it, like screw it. Let's, let's go Australia. Uh, I got to make a pilgrimage there at some point. Uh, my, my squad in the suburbs of Perth is so far away. It's like going from East coast to West coast in the United States. Uh, so far away from like the Melbourne, Sydney region and stuff, but whatever, I'm putting Australia on there. Uh, I want to go there. I can eat so many blooming onions. Uh, it'll, it'll be a great trip. Dude. I mean, I feel like this is a match made in heaven that both of us want to go to like the same place. Like, let's make this happen. I know Claire is probably going to be like, I want to go too. And, you know, my imaginary girlfriend probably wants to go too. So let's make it happen. Let's go to Australia, New Zealand sometime next year or the year after or really any year after COVID goes away. Yeah, it, it, we might not. We might have to wait and see before this is a summer 2021 plan. Um, all right. My last pick. I have a couple different European countries I'm deciding between. Uh, one point actually. No, I, I got another one. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. We're snaking, my bad. Um, but one country I'm not going to pick, but it's actually on my list is Canada. I've actually never really, like, spent time in Canada. Like, British Columbia, uh, I kind of would want to go to someday, or even, like, kind of one of the major cities like Montreal, I'd, I'd really be interested in going to. Uh, and I think I will probably make it there at some point, but that's not what I'm going to pick. Instead, I'm going to pick Croatia. A little bit of an out-of-nowhere no, out pick, um, but honestly, every – time I've heard about people that go to Croatia just rave about it my favorite basketball writer Zach Lowe his wife's from Croatia goes every summer and just like the way he talks about it all the stuff he says about it and all the things that he talks to about it and that ugh. and all the stuff that people say about it, it just seems like it's an amazing beautiful place uh and I just think it'd be a fun place to visit out of all those kind of like island balcony places uh that's what I'm going to put top of the list Croatia I I've not heard anything bad about Croatia and Kind of going off of that conversation, I'm not going to pick Poland, but for those that don't know, or we might not have talked about it on the podcast on the actual recording, but I actually have, uh, my grandfather was was Polish and his, his family's from Poland. So I actually really want to go to, and this sounds like might be weird reasoning, but a lot of the areas that were really impacted during World War II and a lot of like the you know, Jewish concentration camps and like that, that entire area. Like I really want to go to Poland. I really want to, to kind of spread out and go through kind of the historical context through that part of the, the world. Um, but I would definitely go to Croatia. Like that, that just seems like an awesome trip and people from Croatia just seem like really nice people. And, and that's part of traveling. I, I hate to say it, but like sometimes people hate Americans. So you better travel somewhere where the people are nice and Croatians seem like nice people. Uh, I do want to say, yeah, Germany was actually kind of the next thing on my draft board, like kind of doing with you, like kind of, I, in my life, I do really want to go see like a concentration camp or two. I think that's something that's important to me to do at some point. And yeah, just being in that area, uh, German, like, you know, food, the, 
you know, the, the grape juice gardens they have there. Uh, definitely places <laughs> that would be interested in visiting. The Welch's grapefruit uh, places is, is the way we'll reference those establishments. Um, yeah, Germany Germany's another one, uh, especially during October, uh, for, for those wine tastings of, you know, grape juice that Welch produces. But um, I'm going to go in a different direction for my last pick. And because we've stuck to the European continent and the, the Asian continent and then Oceanic, I'm going to go a little bit different. And I'm going to go kind of south of us instead of east of us or west of us, any way you want to look at it. I, I've heard a lot of good things about the coastal um, region of this country. It's mostly all coast. Uh, it's a very long coast. Um, but it's got really good rainforests. Um, it's got really good coastlines. Uh, I've just heard really good things about this. And this is actually a place that I might take a soccer uh, trip to um, with the, the team at some point in the future. And that's Chile. Can't say I know a whole lot about Chile. So I don't really have much of a, <laughs> much of a response. That's not even the, uh, I guess when you said coast, long coast, I should have known it was Chile. But yeah, I, I don't really know a whole lot about Chile at all. But that sounds cool. It's, like their, it's one of like the few places in Central and South America that like I have I've not only heard something about, but like I'm actually intrigued to go to. Like I would love to go to Peru and maybe see like some of the the ancient civilization, you know, ruins that they have there. But besides that, like Chile's the only place south of the United States that I really care to go to. And then everything else is is all Europe and Asia. So that, that rounds out my four picks. I hope, if anything, that my four picks are a lot better in terms of 70-30 split. I hope this is more of a 50-50 split, but I guess it's going to be about personal preference. Yeah, uh, I'm, everyone's got different places they want to go to. So I think we, we each got something for everybody. So we'll see uh, who, who, takes the, uh, who takes the crown this time. Again, as a reminder, you can vote on Twitter at marketing underscore HSHS. We appreciate everybody listening to the the podcast. Uh, Have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys next week.